0: You're listening to Comedy Central. What's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. It is now day, what, 100? Maybe it's 50? I've lost count. But anyway, here's your quarantine tip of the day. You may not be able to leave your home right now, but don't forget, you can go anywhere you want with your imagination. in the shower. Anyway, on tonight's episode, we look at how people celebrated Easter while avoiding corona, Apple and Google are teaming up to fight the virus, and Desi Lydic helps you panic better. So, let's get into it. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears Edition. First up, some big news from the presidential race. After dropping out of the race last week, Bernie Sanders has endorsed Joe Biden, or as Bernie put it, I'm passing the baton on to the younger generation. And Bernie made the endorsement over a live stream chat around three in the afternoon, which was nice, because they could do the endorsement over dinner. Now, of course, Bernie and Biden have a lot that they disagree on. Healthcare, foreign policy, Uh, what year it is, but for Bernie, even though Biden might not be his first choice, he's obviously much better than Trump. You know, it's like at the end of the Titanic, Rose wasn't like, um, I wanted to get on a lifeboat, not some big wooden door, so that's a hard pass for me. I'm just gonna, like, sink. Let's move on, because if you've been watching the news, you know that coronavirus is still rampaging throughout the world. And it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon, which is why it's important for us, more important than ever, to have a little fun and remind ourselves that the world is not ending. And that's what we do in our ongoing segment, Array of Sunshine. 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 First up, as people try to kill time in isolation, viral challenges are becoming more popular than ever. And over the weekend, Simone Biles took things to the next level. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay, Simone Biles. I don't think you understand what a viral challenge is. It's called a viral challenge, not a viral impossibility. I ain't gonna do things with a handstand. I mean, us normal people, we struggle to take our pants off normally. This is the pants off challenge.
1: Oh, get, get!
0: Next up, India is taking some unique strategies to try and stop the spread of the coronavirus. The government has forced 10 tourists from Israel, Mexico, Australia, and Austria, who violated social distancing rules, to write, I did not follow the rules of lockdown, so I am so sorry, 500 times. Yeah, 500 times, they have to write it out, like Bart Simpson. And in a less dramatic move, one Indian man built a vehicle that looks like the virus to warn people to stay indoors. So I guess if you ever wondered what the opposite of an ice cream truck would be, this is it. And I know this seems ridiculous, but I think a Corona car driving around is a great idea. Yeah, because it makes it seem physical. Right now people are like, eh, is Corona real And If you see the car, you'd be like, yo, Corona's in town. It'll make people take it seriously. In fact, after this car's done in India, that car needs to drive around 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, then Trump will start to take it seriously. He'll be looking out the window like, oh my God, the coronavirus, it found me. It knows I was talking shit about. I'm sorry, corona, you're not like the flu at all. And finally, one of the best things we've seen during coronavirus is how people are still working to keep their spirits up, which is something we've all got to do. And we've seen people throwing social distancing block parties, DJs are battling online, and now the latest trend is people have started dressing up to take out their trash. In this strange new world of
2: social distancing, self-isolation and working from home, people are finding new ways to entertain themselves or just stay a little bit sane. The previously mundane can suddenly be the highlight of your day. Like taking out the trash by dressing to impress, whether it's as a unicorn, this is my favourite, or if you really, really miss going to the beach, or if it is a wedding anniversary. This is so much fun. People are
0: dressing up when they go out, dressing up like animals to take out the trash. And just to come full circle, the animals are gonna start dressing up like people when they eat the trash. Hakuna Matata, is the circle of life. I've been getting in on this too. I love this idea so much that what I've started doing to spice things up is that when I take out the trash, I dress up like a mobster, and then I tie my trash bag up in three places so it looks like a dead body. Yeah, and I know that seems dark, but think of it this way. When my neighbors see me, the last thing they're worried about is coronavirus. All right, enough of that. Let's catch up on the headlines. With 70 coronavirus vaccines now in development, the world is trying to figure out how to fill the gap until they're ready. And on Friday, Apple and Google announced an unprecedented team up to build tracking software that could tell you when you come into contact with someone who has coronavirus. And this is really inspiring. Two tech giants putting aside their differences to spy on Americans together. And I know some people aren't happy about this, that their iPhones and their, their Android phones are gonna go all Tekashi 6 9 on them, but I think that this is a great idea. Your phone needs to track you and tell everybody what you got. In fact, they need to keep this feature going long after the coronavirus is gone. You can just switch the disease. Hey girl, what's going on? You mind if I holler at you for a second? He's got herpes! Shut up, phone! <laughs> that's, that's just my phone. <laughs> you know, it's just Hey, play ain't hating. I ain't got herpes, man. I ain't got so now another reason I hope technology can help us track down the virus is that if technology doesn't do it, racism will step in instead. Because according to reports, people in China and this story is crazy people in China have started blaming the African expat community for the spread of the coronavirus in their country. Yeah, So now they've even started barring people who look African from restaurants or evicting them from their homes. This is insane that the coronavirus is doing this, right? Because clearly the coronavirus doesn't just expose your underlying health conditions, it also exposes your underlying racism. Because let me tell you something, you can blame Africans for many things, right? You can blame us for inventing the vuvuzela. You can blame us for hoarding all the diamonds. Yeah, we keep all of those. You can even blame us for blocking South America's view of India. But the one thing you cannot blame Africans for is the coronavirus. We're out here in these streets trying to fight racism against Chinese people, and now there's people in China trying to flip things and use the racism against us? Do you not understand, Chinese people? Black people and Chinese people need to work together. Haven't you guys watched Rush Hour? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Oh, and speaking of bullshit, I know there's some cities out there in the US who are trying to make sure that everyone stays as safe as possible while this pandemic is raging, but uh, some cities are taking it a little too far. It's a disturbing video from Philadelphia. It shows authorities forcibly removing a man
2: from a bus because he wasn't wearing a mask.
3: Yo, you're gonna feel it, man. Look what the City officials say the man was forced off after refusing to leave the vehicle. The man was not arrested or cited.
0: Wow, okay. What the hell was that, Philadelphia? If you want someone, to wear a mask that badly, why not just give him a mask? Because this is a weird way to treat someone you think might be infected. Quick, put your hands all over him, cover his mouth. Now, Now touch your mouth, now touch his mouth, now touch your mouth. Yeah, we got the coronavirus under control. And finally, as the coronavirus has steadily shut down the US, it is having some dramatic effects on the food supply chain. Some farms are being forced to dump out millions of gallons of milk and throwing away tons of produce, because you see, there are no schools, no restaurants, and no big sporting events to buy these supplies. And because there was no March Madness this year, America is now facing a huge surplus of chicken wings. Yeah. And you know who must be the most angry about this? All the chickens who lost their wings for no reason. They're probably just sitting there like, God, you took our wings, man, we could've used those wings. What what were you gonna use them for? Touché. But that's not the point. But this is the one time where I'm actually glad that Donald Trump is president, because he may not be great at handling a global pandemic, but there are a ton of chicken wings that need to be eaten. And that's something he's been training for his entire life. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our big story. Let's talk about Easter. It's the holiday where millions of people around the globe commemorate Jesus dying on the cross, and then they get visited by the freakish love child of a rabbit and a chicken. But if most of the world's population isn't allowed to leave their homes, well then, how do you get to church? Well, thanks to technology, now the church can get to you. From a sunrise service in Larchmont, New York, streamed online to the front lines at Memorial Hospital in Broward County, Florida. Easter, the most holy day on the Christian calendar, celebrated today around the world in most cases to empty pews. The congregations instead connected like never before. The Pope, who is usually before crowds of tens of thousands in St. Peter's Square, instead delivered his message over the internet to the world's 1.2 billion Catholics. Yes, churches around the world were forced to hold their Easter services online. And I know it seems weird, but I actually think this is very religious because you know who else never shows up in person? The big guy, he's always telecommuting Except instead of Skype, he just uses a burning bush or, or a rainbow or a giant flood. I mean, he could have just texted, but I guess emojis don't pack the same punch. And look, I know this Sunday was sad for many churchgoers, but for the Catholic Church, this is a good thing. You know, keeping the priests separate from their congregation might not be the worst idea. Now, for many people, online church just doesn't have the same feel. So, they found responsible ways to still gather in the Lord's name.
3: A unique approach for many other churches drive in services. Drivers honking in praise in Bedford Hills, New York. I like that. Sitting safely inside their cars, listening to a sermon. And in
1: Ohio, another parking lot Easter celebration. It's just a blessing that we can all get together and continue to worship, even though we are in our cars.
0: You see? Now that, that's great thinking. People still doing what they need to do whilst being responsible. And if driving churches become a regular thing, best believe your grandmother is gonna buy herself a pimped-out ride to use as her Sunday best. Praise the Lord! And why stop at driving churches? You know what they should do? They should move this into everything. They should also make churches with a drive-through although it'll really suck when the priest gets your order wrong. Hey, I just ordered forgiveness, but all I got was guilt. Can, can you help me out with that? I have to say which which I Yeah, I ordered forgiveness, but I got guilt. Yeah, so this is your order. That's not my order. But that's that's your order. Okay, thank you. And this kind of thing is happening all over the world. In fact, while America was celebrating Easter with the drive-in church, other countries... We're doing flybys. Well, this was an Easter unlike any we've seen around the world.
3: Many religious leaders got creative to celebrate the holiest of days on the Christian calendar. One priest in Brazil went above and beyond. Father Omar Raposo climbed into a helicopter to share a blessing on everyone below.
0: (laughs) Wow, yeah, in Brazil, a priest flew over the city in a helicopter and blessed everybody from the sky. That is super cool. I will say though, I feel bad For all the people on the ground who aren't religious. Ah, damn it. Ah, man, I was just going for a jog. Now I'm blessed in the love of Jesus. This is not how I planned my day. And I know right now, some of you haters out there are like, oh, why didn't he just pray from the ground? The prayers will still work. No, I'll tell you why he did that because that preacher knows that prayers work better when you're closer to heaven. It's the same way if you want your internet to work better, then you've got to sit closer to your neighbor's Wi-Fi router. Now, unfortunately, some churches in America didn't want to do the whole telechurch or car church or any kind of social distancing. They just wanted regular church and they didn't care whether it was legal or not. Easter Sunday and some defied stay-at-home orders determined to hold in-person services no matter the mandate. In Jackson, Mississippi, Pastor Jesse Horton allowed church members to worship inside. In central Louisiana (laughs) and Orlando, some churches defied health officials' warnings with in-person services. Congratulations, the demons have left your body but only because coronavirus has moved in. I might be the spawn of Satan, but I take social distancing very seriously. So it seems like most churches around the world are doing the right thing and obeying social distancing while still observing their religious beliefs. And you know what, that's the smart move. Because with modern technology, you can still get the full church experience and keep you and your family safe. But please remember this, If you're gonna try and do your confessions over Zoom, you really wanna make sure you're careful.
3: Bless me, Father, If I've sinned. This quarantine messed me up so bad. I've been having fantasies about shaking people's hands. Total strangers. I just wanna rub their hands. It's so hot. Last night I couldn't sleep. I stress ate my family's whole supply of canned tuna. Not even the good tuna with the oil. That dry ass tuna in the water. It's like eating flaky cotton balls. Also, I told everybody on Instagram that I baked my own banana bread, but it's not true. I stole pictures from Chris and Teagan and posted them on my account. Watching so much porn, Father, so much porn. All the gangbangs, all the orgies, not even the masturbate. I just miss seeing people in large groups. It's been so long. God forgive me.
0: <laughs> uh, Roy, I, I think you called into the office Zoom by mistake. Oh, shit. No, no, yeah. no, 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 I've no. Been, I've been hacked. I've been hacked, it ain't me.
3: how you get off this thing?
0: It's the, the leave meeting button in the right bottom-hand corner. Wait, you say
3: leave meeting? Where that? Oh, there it is, I see it right there. Thanks, Jabuki.
0: I hope you find peace, Roy. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Let's talk a little bit about panic. It's the roommate you've had for about a month now. And with this pandemic still raging across the world, we all need to find a way to cope with panic. Well, our very own Desi Lydic talked to an expert on panic to figure out just how to do that.
3: So we're about a month into self-quarantining now. And while some people will have to fight the virus itself, there's another hidden enemy. Our emotions.
1: People who have died from coronavirus, just part of the anxiety. The
3: worst of the coronavirus is yet to come. A lot of
2: folks are really anxious about this.
3: Cable news is doing a great job at scaring the shit out of me. So I decided to talk with an expert in emotions, Dr. Steve Taylor. He's a professor of psychiatry, and he's also the author of the book, The Psychology of Pandemics. Dr. Taylor, thanks for talking to us. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay, how about you?
3: Hanging in there. So obviously, a lot of people are very concerned about their physical health during this time and trying to stay healthy and not get sick. How important is maintaining good mental health during this time?
1: It's hugely important because a lot of the stresses about COVID-19 don't have to do so much about your physical health. They have to do with the impact of not being able to go out to work, the impact of being self-isolated. So managing those stresses is hugely uh, important.
3: How afraid should we be? like on a scale of one to 10 jars of urine that I'm collecting just in case they cut off the water?
1: That depends on your individual situation. Some people have realistic concerns, particularly frail, um, medically frail seniors, but we don't need to freak out.
3: So you'd say maybe scale back to four jars of urine?
1: How big a jar are we talking about though?
3: Yeah, like mason size?
1: Oh no, probably just one jar of that.
3: For the whole family.
1: No, each, each.
3: Ah, You're not
1: drinking each other's urine, are you? That's gross.
3: Right, you don't have to get judgy. What are some tricks for handling stress and anxiety during this outbreak?
1: You know, there's no one size fits all. Everyone's different. And it's important to use whatever coping strategies that you've used before. Setting a structure for yourself. You've got a routine for your children. um, Things like that. Whatever stress management method worked for you. It could be physical exercise or yoga or some people have been using this as an opportunity to try things they've never tried before like meditation so there are all kinds of things to try
3: so for meditation how many benadryl should i be slipping into my child's breakfast so i can accomplish this i
1: would you know wait till he goes down for a nap that's probably better
3: you're saying don't give him benadryl yeah He'll be fine. Good job. He's fine. How well do you think Americans are equipped psychologically to to deal with this kind of pandemic?
1: Well, the good news is people tend to be really resilient to stress. Most people are. But they are going to look to their leaders um, for advice. And leaders need to be really careful about the sort of messages they send out. People's anxieties about infection depends on whether they see their leaders as uh, responsible and trustworthy and able to do the job.
3: Sorry, you said, um, you said our leaders, it comes down to our leadership?
1: In part. <sighs>
3: we are f- God damn it. Thank you, doctor. I uh, was pretty panicked when we started this call and now I'm, I'm even more panicked. So thank you for your Expertise. Welcome. Stay healthy. You too. So there you have it. As long as we practice good stress management and have responsible leadership, Americans are going to be emotionally okay.
0: Desi Lydic, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Claire babineau Fontenot. She's the CEO of Feeding America a nationwide network of food banks that are helping to feed tens of millions of hungry people across the United States. Check it out. Claire, welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. How are you?
2: Thank you. I'm I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, Under unfortunate circumstances, but so pleased that you gave us an opportunity to to, uh, address your audience. Oh,
0: I'll be honest. I feel like the opportunity is ours because I've been reading through um, some of the material about Feeding America. And it is honestly ridiculous that, A, how many people you need to feed, and also the fact that most people don't even know that this is happening. Tell us a little bit about Feeding America and what you do.
2: So we're a network of 200 food banks around the United States. We partner with 60,000 food pantries, soup kitchens, meal programs. Um, In normal times, we have 2 million volunteers and we distribute over 4 billion meals to over 40 million people. And that's before this crisis. So to your point, um, there's been a really serious food crisis in this country before this pandemic. And that crisis has only been made worse because of it. Is there a misconception around who
0: needs food and who a food bank serves?
2: There absolutely is. for instance, now, the vast majority of the increase that we're seeing would be among people who never imagined that they'd ever need us. I mean, the Federal Reserve Bank has estimated that the typical American it does not have more than $400 to address an emergency. So you miss one paycheck and you're in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a pandemic, which a lot of people are experiencing right now. And even before this crisis, sometimes just uh, completely unexpected things happen to people in their lives. And as a result, they find themselves in a position of really needing help. And our network tries hard to make certain to serve them with dignity and respect, because we know that so many of us could find ourselves in the exact same position one day. We hope it wouldn't happen. uh, But should it happen, we want to be there to serve people with, with dignity and respect that they deserve. You talk about
0: feeding 40 million before coronavirus, the number jumping up by as many as 17 million in the coming month or months. How are you scaling up? We're reading about food slowly um, diminishing across the country and even across the world as global supply chains start to break down. Are you managing with this? Are you coping? And what are you doing to scale up in getting food to the people who need it?
2: Well, we're working very actively with... Farmers and industry leaders, and we're also working with the government as well, the Department of Agriculture, where we're, we're getting close, I believe, to a meaningful partnership where we really just turn this whole distribution system on its ear and address the here and now challenges and connect the dots Because I don't know that our biggest issue is a lack of food. I think our biggest issue is, we don't have an infrastructure for delivering food in this new environment. And we're working hard to connect those dots so that we can be much better positioned uh, to use the excess that exists in certain places and fill in the gaps that clearly exist in others. There may be some people watching
0: this right now thinking, Claire, I, I appreciate what Feeding America is doing but I don't know if I can contribute $100 to help a family get um, meals. What would you say to them?
2: I'd say to them that we value $1, um, $2, $3. The key is they give what you can. Um, Whatever you can provide, I can assure you this, that we take every investment as a sacred trust in us and our network. And in our COVID-19 fund, which we established, and you can go to feedingamerica.org and there you can donate if you have the ability to donate, then do. If you don't, then of course, some people simply can't do that right now. But if you can, feedingamerica.org, if you donate to that COVID-19 fund, 100% of the proceeds, no administrative costs, nothing, 100% goes directly back into communities to make certain that we're feeding people who need us. A second thing, though, that I strongly encourage people to do as well is to go to the same website, and if you type in your, we have a, a food bank locator, and if you put in the zip code for the community that you have the biggest interest in helping, you can go out and find a food bank that's serving that community, and sometimes what they need is volunteers. They're in a very good position, I guess it's the best way for me to say it, at the community level. Mm -hmm. to help you know how to help the community that you care the most about.
0: Well, I'm hoping that you get all of the help that you need on the federal level and from anybody who can help. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, I hope as many people as possible come out and help Feeding America to feed everybody in America. Thank you for your time. Well, that's our show for today. Before we go, though, remember, if you want to help out Feeding America, then all you need to do is go to the website below and donate whatever you can to help people who do not have food right now. Anyways, stay safe out there. Remember, when washing your hands, try and sing a different song every day so that your hands don't get bored. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow.